Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to today's episode of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. I have no ado again today, so let's get right into today's phrases, origins, history, and more. Our first phrase today is fair to Midland, which means just above average or okay. I've always said it as fair to middling, spelled M-I-D-D-L-I-N-G, but I learned when researching for this episode that some people say it as fair to Midland, spelled M-I-D-L-A-N-D. From what I read, it is acceptable to say it both ways in the United States. However, in the United Kingdom, fair to Midland is considered to be the incorrect version, and is just a mispronunciation of fair to middling. Before we get further into this saying, let's look at what middling actually means. It began as an old-timey times Scottish word meaning medium or moderate size, strength, or quality. It has been in use since at least the mid-15th century, as we find it in the Dictionary of Older Scottish Tongue. Being in a dictionary in the mid-15th century would imply the word had already been in use, but I didn't find anything older referring to the exact word. Later, middling became popular in farming, being used to describe the quality of animals and food produced. It meant average, and fair was a little above average. By the early 18th century, this descriptive practice was in fairly widespread use. Even so, the earliest use in print of fair to middling I found doesn't appear until the early 19th century. It was used in reference to the quality of goods in an October 1822 edition of the Britannia Press, a newspaper I couldn't find any publication information on. Since I couldn't find any information about this paper, I suppose you could take it with a grain of salt as to if it was really the first use in print or not. But I didn't find an older one. By 1889, it was well cemented into the vernacular, which we know because it was in a dictionary that year. Called the Century Dictionary Encyclopedia, it became one of the largest encyclopedic dictionaries of the English language. In this dictionary, we find, quote, Fair to Midland, moderately good, a term designating a specific grade of quality in the market. End quote. I think I've given you a fair to Midland amount of information on this one. So now, let's fight a fire. To fight fire with fire means to respond to something with the same thing. It's typically used when talking about how to solve a problem. This is another saying that comes from a literal usage, as firefighters will actually sometimes fight a fire with more fire. This is used a lot with forest fires, and what they do is they set a controlled fire in an area that is in the path of an uncontrolled fire. The smaller fire they set burns up all the flammable materials, making a break in the path of the fire they are trying to stop. This can help them put out the big fire, because with less materials to burn, it becomes weaker and more manageable. As for when the saying came into use, it seems to be unknown, but it was used by Shakespeare in King John, written in 1595. He wrote, quote, 
be stirring is the time, be fire with fire. End quote. Now, this seems to be considered the first use in print, but it isn't the exact phrase of fight fire with fire. People don't really seem to say it that way until the 19th century, when the firefighting technique became popular with people settling in the U.S., especially in grassy or forest-dense areas. The first time it seems to show up in print as fight fire with fire is in a book called A Step from the New World to the Old and Back Again, written by Henry Tappan, an American philosopher and educator. He included, quote, Smoking was universal among the men, generally cigars, not fine Havanas, but made of Dutch tobacco, and to me, not very agreeable. I had some Havanas with me, and so I lighted one to make an atmosphere for myself. As the trappers on the prairies fight fire with fire, so I fought tobacco with tobacco. End quote. That's pretty much all there is to this one. It's a literal practice that became a saying. So with that, it's time for today's According To segment. Toppers, today we're reading from Word Origins and Their Romantic Stories. Here's the history of blackmail, according to the book. Blackmail, Rent Money in early Scottish dialects, the word male meant rent that was paid, and even in modern Scotland, a tenant is still called a mailer. But northern England and Scotland were once plagued with freebooters and unpleasant Robin Hoods who extorted tribute in the form of money or cattle. The small farmers had to pay blackmail, or black rent, in order to secure immunity from pillage. Blackmail was presumed to have been paid in cattle, white mail in silver, the kind of mail, however, that the postman delivers at your door is something else again. This word comes from the old French term mail, the leather pouch in which the letters were carried. This came into English in the 17th century, when it was still proper to speak of a mail of letters. Okay, toppers, here's why we say nickname according to the book. Nickname and added name. In days long past, a nickname was an eek name, an eek meant added, a name added to your given name. At that time, an eek name was a surname, and even in surname we have the same meaning in the French sur, which means over or above, a name over or above your first name. The Middle English word eek name finally absorbed the n from an and became a neek name, and later, with us, a nickname. Once again, a name added to those you already have. And lastly, toppers, here's why we say thug according to the book. Thug, an ancient gangster. From the Hindustani word thag, a cheat, which in turn derives from the Sanskrit sthaga, cheat, from sthag, conceal. These East Indian thugs operated until about a hundred years ago. Like modern gangsters, they had their fingermen, who spotted the victim. When these thugs were informed by their spies that a man of property was about to take a journey, they followed him until he arrived at some lonely spot, and then, like our modern muggers, they strangled and robbed him. It was all presumed to be done in honor of their goddess Kali, but this ancient murder syndicate profited handsomely by this service to their faith, and their brutality gave us our word, thug. Okay, toppers, now it's time for today's familiar quotation. 
Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Maya Angelou. Quote, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. End quote. Thank you, Miss Angelou, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't think money makes happiness. It helps to procure comfort, but true happiness lies deeper than that. And now for the men. Don't forget that actions speak louder than words. It's no use telling your wife how much you care for her if you do the very things that you know will make her unhappy. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for stopping by. Toodaloo! This is... Let me rephrase. A term that... A term that... Nope. The small farmers had to put... Nope. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.